Welcome to the Won't Bite My Tongue podcast, where we keep it real and keep it honest. I'm your host, Gina Chanel. Welcome back to another episode of Won't Bite My Tongue podcast. Hope everyone enjoyed their week and weekend. I know those of us who live in cities with four seasons cannot wait to finally have that consistent warm weather. Right now it's like one minute it's 30 degrees and freezing rain. The next day it's 70 degrees and sunny. I'm just ready for that May spring weather, sunny all the time, flowers blooming. I can't wait. But anyways, this week we're going to talk about toxic relationships and knowing your worth. I'll also talk about my book that I wrote and published last July. So make sure you listen to this episode all the way through, especially if you're not familiar with my book and want to learn a little bit more about it and how to purchase it. Definitely stay tuned to the end of this episode. So what exactly is the definition of a toxic relationship? Based on the VeryWellMind.com website's definition, a toxic relationship is one that makes you feel unsupported, misunderstood, demeaned, or attacked. I couldn't agree more with that definition. It's definitely spot on. Toxic relationships often always involve some form of abuse, whether it be verbal, mental, physical, or even sexual. I definitely want to dig into the definition and the signs of each form of abuse. And I also wanna share a couple of stories based on the types of abuse that I've personally experienced. Let's start with physical. Physical abuse is anything that causes bodily harm, even down to spitting and shoving. A lot of people only look at physical abuse as only being punched or smacked. No matter how minor or how major the action, Anyone putting their hands on you, throwing things at you, or spitting on you is physical abuse. I remember the first time I was physically abused. I was around 17 or 18, very young, just straight out of high school. It went from verbal to physical pretty quickly, starting with spitting and shoving, and then also throwing things on me, then eventually smacking me. And not just smacking me, smacking me in front of other people, which is not only abusive, it's embarrassing. And at the time that this all took place, I didn't like tell any family or friends or anything like that. Um, At that time, I only confided in one person and that was my ex-boyfriend. I would confide in him about what was going on with me. And I remember when I told him what had happened, he was angry and wanted to like attack this guy. Like he couldn't believe that he put his hands on me. And he didn't understand why I stayed in this relationship, given what was happening. And I feel like looking back, I stuck around because I was scared that something would even happen to me or he would try to harm himself. It was one of those kind of situations. And that often happens in situations where a man or woman is in a physically abusive relationship. Fear is what keeps them around. And that was definitely my case back then. I would absolutely not say I was in love with this person because I wasn't. Um, And actually, my second physically abusive relationship, it was actually an isolated situation. It wasn't like a situation where he hit me multiple times. But in this particular situation, I remember I was um, texting on my phone 
and he just randomly decided he wanted to see who I was texting and I refused to let him see my phone so he grabbed me by my hair and shoved me to the ground and I remember just being stunned and almost having a flashback of that last relationship and it was like damn this is happening again and then he took my bag and threw all of the contents of my bag out of his third floor bedroom window and I was stunned like literally shocked that that happened and the same thing I ended up confiding in my that same ex-boyfriend that I would always confide in and it was like damn after every awful messed up relationship he was right there to save me every single time and looking back I realized just how fucked up it was it was almost like I subconsciously was using him as a safety net or maybe he simply just kept trying to save me but I kept on hopping from one messed up situation to the next and my self-esteem was just non-existent my head was somewhere else and it was like I had to save myself couldn't nobody save me I had to figure things out on my own and it's so crazy looking back years later and I'm putting things into perspective when I was so confused back then couldn't even think clearly didn't know what I was doing now let's get into mental abuse from the three forms of abuse that I've experienced personally this was by far the worst form the sand sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me is so wrong yes sticks and stones will break your bones but words hurt and they hurt deeply. Mental abuse and verbal abuse go hand in hand. I have to describe verbal abuse before I can dive into mental. Words definitely hurt more than the physical. Insults, for example, like no one is gonna ever want you or you're a slut or you won't amount to anything. Not only is that verbal abuse, it strongly affects your mental and changes how you feel about yourself. When you constantly hear the insults, you start to believe them. For me, the constant insults made me question who I was as a person. And when people would compliment me, I wouldn't believe them. Like they would say, oh, you're so beautiful. But the insults stuck so much that I was flabbergasted when people would compliment my looks. And it's like, I was so insecure from hearing the insults from certain mentally abusive relationships that when somebody would compliment my looks and my character I wouldn't believe them because I internalized the insults so I would look in the mirror and not understand why these people were calling me beautiful because I didn't see nothing beautiful and it's a shame and it took me a lot of healing to get past that now I look in the mirror and I feel great I feel beautiful now let's get into one of the most overly used terms of today narcissist narcissism so many people use this word, but don't even know what they're talking about or what it really means. So the definition of narcissism is excessive interest in or admiration of oneself and one's physical appearance. And narcissistic abuse is defined as a type of emotional abuse where the abuser only cares about themselves and may use words and actions to manipulate their partner's behavior and emotional state. I have dealt with two narcissists, one of them being the same one who I had that isolated, physically abusive situation with, and he was like the biggest narcissist. Um, both of them were textbook narcissists. I didn't pull the term out of my ass. They actually really were narcissists. 
but um, that particular one where I had that um, isolated incident with, he was a self-proclaimed one. He bragged about it. He heard so many people in his lifetime call him a narcissist that he just ran with it as a compliment. He even started making songs about it. He's a rapper, started making songs about it. But I talk about the backstory of both of those relationships in my book. Let's talk about the red flags of a toxic relationship. Number one, love bombing. When they come on too strong, too fast, run. No way can someone you just started dating last week be genuinely in love with you and miss you so much. There's no way. Usually when they're love bombing, they'll come on strong, give you all this attention and make you feel so wanted. But that only lasts but for so long. Once they feel like they got you, all that goes out of the window. Number two, deflecting. In toxic relationships, there's always one person deflecting. And deflecting is when they could be wrong, but will throw their wrongs onto the other person. For example, they'll do something wrong and say, it's all your fault, or I did this because you did that, or you said that. Number three, bad communication. Toxic relationships often have terrible communication, whether that be bullying with unkind words or bashing you being passive aggressive and not saying how they really feel or just a lack of communication altogether. Either way, that's a red flag. Next red flag, manipulation. You never want anything to do with the person who's trying to manipulate you. When someone uses words or actions to control others, that's manipulation. Gaslighting, a major red flag where you do not want to stick around with someone who is gaslighting you. And gaslighting goes hand in hand with narcissists. The two narcissists I dealt with, they both would gaslight me. And gaslighting is when someone has you questioning your own sanity. For example, when I would voice how I felt about their bad treatment, they would say things like, you're imagining things or you're crazy. This didn't happen, knowing that it did. And it would really make you think you were crazy. And that's gaslighting. Lies. This is a typical red flag. No healthy relationship is filled with lies or built on lies. Possessive. A lot of people are flattered by possessive men and women. There's nothing flattering about someone looking at you as a piece of property. Controlling. A lot of people look at this as a form of love. Someone who genuinely cares for you would never ever try to control you. That's not healthy at all. Lack of trust. You shouldn't keep anyone around that you cannot trust or does not trust you. Emotionally unavailable people, people who have issues getting emotionally close to others. You don't want nothing to do with somebody who's emotionally unavailable to you. Cheating, the obvious red flag. I don't agree with taking cheaters back. If someone steps out on you, they need to be left in the dust. Point blank period. Never take back a cheater. Toxic relationships can contribute to destroying your self-worth and it takes work to build it back up. When you know your worth, you never settle for bullshit and abuse. Raise your standards, make a list of your requirements, and don't settle for anything less than you deserve. Contrary to popular belief, there are actually really good people out there. But first you gotta heal. You gotta look inside yourself and understand why you're choosing or attracting toxic relationships. You gotta have some accountability on that part. There are different ways to heal. 
from what you've been through, but healing is a must. It's not up for debate. Number one is to block all contact with that toxic person. Block their number, their social media, stop stalking their page. I know a lot of people have issues when it comes to stalking their ex's page. You gotta stop, cut all contact. That is key. And definitely cry. Crying is um good for healing. Cry, let it out, feel your emotions, but just don't let that go on for way too long. You don't wanna be crying for years. Closure. People got the wrong idea when it comes to closure. I used to be one of those people. You don't get closure from another person. You get closure from yourself. You're the key to closure. You don't need to speak to that toxic person searching for some kind of closure. It doesn't work like that. Spend time with yourself. Do not hop into another relationship. That's one thing you do not want to do. You want to heal first. Find hobbies and things you enjoy. Read. Reading self-help books contributed to my healing journey. My favorite books were Mr. Unavailable and The Fallback Girl and The No Contact Rule by Natalie Liu. She also has a website. You can Google her name. It's Natalie and L-U-E is her last name. She is great. Like, I loved her books. She has articles, everything. She even has some YouTube videos too I used to watch. Therapy. Therapy is amazing. Even once you're in a good place, therapy is still great to understand yourself, your past, and promote a deeper healing, but I'll discuss my thoughts on therapy and my experiences as I just started therapy only a month ago, but we'll talk about that in another episode. And there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. You have to want better for yourself. And you can use me as the perfect example. Like I went through some of the wildest most terrible situations and now I'm in a happy relationship with a great person and we've been together for years now so yeah there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel never give up hope but heal first let's talk about my book love chronicles of a sky girl I published it in July it's available on Amazon and the paperback and the Kindle version I was inspired to write this book Um, basically I was working with this flight attendant named Abby. She's based in Boston. Shout out to Abby from Boston. And I was just sharing some stories of things that I've been through. And she just kept telling me the whole four day trip, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. And I kept thinking like, you know what? You're right. I'm gonna write a book. And it took me like three years to finally do it, but I did it. I completed it and I published it. And I'm so proud of myself. I told my story I shared a lot of secrets because a lot of the stuff I spoke about in the book, I didn't really tell anybody. So when some people read it, it was like a shock to them. It definitely took a lot of bravery to sit there and write about this stuff. And I had found journals from years ago where I was writing about the things as I was going through them. And I was like, thank God for these journals because it was able to take me back to that time period so I can you know get into my writing and complete that book and I'm just very proud of myself and it's a book that my daughter could read when she's older so she can understand the red flags and just the type of guys to stay far far away from and ever since I wrote my book I've been encountering so many people who tell me you know I always wanted to write a book but I'm too scared or I don't know the steps to take to start the process of writing a book But everybody has a story to tell. And, you know, I'm willing to give all the tips that I have 
like I did a lot of research on how to publish because I self-published my book. I didn't like go through a publishing company or anything like that. I did everything on my own. Um, I did a photo shoot and then I just made my own book cover. Yeah, basically everything I did on my own. And it doesn't take a lot of money to write a book at all. Amazon distributes everything for you. They print it for you and they take a very, very small percentage. So it's not as expensive as people think it is. Of course, it's expensive if you have like a whole publishing company backing you and marketing and all this other stuff. But I kind of did my own marketing by myself. And really, I wasn't trying to like make it big writing my book. I just wanted to tell my story and, you know, share it with people who it could help. And although my book is based on my actual stories, I had to fictionalize it, obviously, for legal reasons. So what I did was change names and change some of the locations of where some of those situations took place. I also plan to write more books. I want to do one more book about my actual personal life, like high school, because my high school experience was wild. It was crazy. So it's so many different stories to talk about when it comes to high school. I also want to do a lot of fiction, fiction writing, maybe even mystery and suspense kind of things because I love reading. I go to the library for fun. Like I don't, you can call me a lame, I don't care, but I will go to the library and sit there for hours looking through books, just relaxing. I love the library. It's my favorite. I'm an avid reader. I read all the time. That sums up today's episode, Toxic Relationships and Knowing Your Worth. Once again, thanks everybody for supporting me. Make sure you subscribe, rate, send your feedback. Um, my schedule is going to change a little bit. Instead of weekly, it'll be bi-weekly. So the next episode won't be next Monday. It'll be the following Monday. Your girl be tired. I fly all the time. I got a kid. So this is much more convenient for me. But I will talk to you guys on the next episode. Have a good week.